Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase, the message, paraphrased Proverbs 3, 6 this way. Listen for God's voice. In everything you do, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. And if you're like me and you've memorized this verse, you know this is about not leaning on your own understanding, but in every way acknowledging him and he'll make your paths straight. And as we've been going through this series, the idea of walking out your life every single day where you're listening for God's voice, looking for his promptings, watching for confirmation where he is speaking to you and he's confirming his word to you, that's the kind of lifestyle we want to lead as Christians, as Jesus followers. And because he loves us, he wants to lead us and guide us and help us. And through the Holy Spirit, he speaks straight to our spirit because those of us who have trusted our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come and made his home in our hearts. And so he can just speak spirit to spirit to us. Now he also speaks in many other ways. He can speak through a song on the radio. He can speak through a phone call that someone makes, a text message, a billboard you see, a verse that jumps off the page. There are so many ways that the Lord loves to get our attention. And he's a repeating God. He continues to repeat himself so that we get it. Because people like me, I need a little repetition so that I can get it. And so the good news is that as we learn how to hear his voice, we're all learning at the same time. And so these are wonderful days to experiment a little bit and say, Lord, was that you? Or did I just eat too much pizza? And the Lord is super faithful to answer our questions. So this morning, I want to remind you of these four um, building blocks. I got my friend David in the second row. David, you're the best. All right. So in no particular order, purity is one of those building blocks that helps to posture us to hear God's voice. The pure in heart will see God seeing and hearing. We've talked a lot in this uh, series about how those two things go together. Oftentimes, a prophet would be looking for a picture, and then they would hear what God has to say. So the pure in heart will see God, Matthew 8, 5, 8. And we got to keep listening. We've got to keep at it because oftentimes we don't hear God the very first minute that we ask him. And so we've got to keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking, and then the door will be open to us. And so that is all about us fixing our eyes on Jesus. And oftentimes for me, hearing his voice comes when I picture him. And picture him, he's either seated on his throne or standing up in this robe and in my mind's eye. Or sometimes he's sitting with me in my blue chair and, and he's just kicking back. And Jesus has a variety of different postures in my mind's eye. But when I picture him, oftentimes I begin to hear his voice, his little promptings and things like that. And the third one is humility. This is so critical, I believe, to hearing God's voice and really operating in a way that love wins. And, and when we think about humility, we think about the fact that God's presence is always attracted to humility. Why? Because humility says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come, you tell me what to do and I'll follow you. I'll bow to you, God. I'll make you my boss and my God. This is... Stillness. Stillness is the last one. 
Stillness, just stilling your heart, learning to quiet yourself and to be able to hear God's voice, even in the midst of a busy workday or driving the kids to school or oftentimes it's when I'm not focusing on God that God begins to show me things. It's like he's got to get me to turn my brain off so that that spontaneous flow of his thoughts can come into my mind. That's why taking a shower, washing your hair, best time to hear God's voice. Driving without the radio on, best time to hear God's voice. You could have potentially some music on. It could happen. But for me, it's when it's quiet that I oftentimes hear his voice most. A bonus posture that I've thrown in here with my four is releasing your burdens to Jesus. Cast all your anxiety on him, knowing that he loves you. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. A yoke is a work instrument. Like, I need a vacation, God. I don't need, I need, a, I don't need to work more. Jesus is calling us to his pace. And when we walk at his pace and we release all of our heavy burdens to him, it's a pace that's doable. It's livable. And then all of a sudden, we're more apt to hear his voice. Mark Vorkler, who I have mentioned his book on hearing God's voice before, has four keys. I wanted to mention them to you today. As we're kind of coming to the end of this series in the next couple of weeks, I think we're going to wind up, and I'm just praying through what else we need to talk about, because we could talk about this topic forever, but I've got some other things I really want us to get to. The first, Mark would say, is quiet yourself down. That's the stillness. Two, look for vision. Look to Jesus. This is fixing your eyes on him persevering and continuing to listen and look. Tuning into the flow of spontaneous thoughts or pictures in your mind. Mark talks a lot about the fact that hearing God's voice, for those of us who are analytical, sometimes it's more difficult because we're trying to analyze everything instead of just saying, God, I'm just willing to hear what you have to say. And then, then I can test it afterwards. And lastly, write it out without judging with childlike faith. This is the idea of journaling, and this is what we're going to talk about today in relation to hearing God's voice. Now, when you do a little Google search on scribes, you get references to Ezekiel, who was a scribe, as well as others in the Bible. A scribe was one who would copy down the the words of the scriptures onto scrolls or other means of, you know, potentially parchments or different things. And so we have scribes in the Old Testament, and then we have scribes in the New Testament. This is, in the middle is a picture of, of Paul from the ninth century. And um, I think in, in, um, in Latin there, it says, that he sits and he works. He sits and he writes, I think is what it says in Latin. Um, and I guess that's what Paul did. He sat and he write, wrote. And he also had others who wrote with him. Uh, and he would write his books in a team of people. You see Timothy and others that are... That are um, mentioned along with him. Even at the end of one book, Paul says, look, see, I'm writing this with, which, look what big letters I write with on my own hand. Why? Because you would oftentimes hire someone to write these because scrolls were so expensive. You had to write really tiny to maximize all of your scroll space. And so at the end of that specific book, he's like, I can't write tiny like that guy, but look at me. I'm going to write my name at the end. And then I found this guy. He's a modern-day scribe, and I, I saw a little 
little video about him and how he's, he's taking the words of scripture in Hebrew and he's creating these art pieces um, that are just gorgeous and yet they're all the scriptures all put in, in, um, in artistic form. I am inviting you into the life of being a scribe. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to just copy down the words of the Bible in Hebrew, the Old Testament. You're going to get real close if you've looked at those, watched, look at those pictures of those guys and they're super close to the paper. But it's the idea that you would write things down that the Lord is showing you. I think it was the last Indiana Jones movie before this new one coming out. I'm so excited. Um, where Indiana Jones... Uh, mentions to his dad, wait a second, you, you know, where, where's, where's your book, your little book? You've, you left it back there. You, don't you remember? He, she, he says, no, I write things down so I don't have to remember. And in some, in some ways, we're the same way. We need to write things down so we remember what God was saying. So we remember what God was showing us. So we remember the revelation that we felt like we got or the learning curve or the verse or that prayer need. So the idea of journaling is, well, how many of you, well, you would say you have a good relationship with journaling? Raise your hand. Okay, how many people would say, I've tried journaling, I have a bad relationship with journaling? Raise your hand, okay? Yeah, probably more of you than not, right? Probably because you are journaling and you're not journaling to hear God's voice, you're just like, well, I guess I should have a diary and write some stuff down. This is my journal, by the way, it's my current journal. Um, it's the journal that I had through sabbatical last year. So it's got all kinds of things written in it that nobody's read. And yet it's, they're not state, state secrets, but they might not really make sense to anybody. Why? Because I don't write in my journal to make it Pinterest worthy. I'm not drawing a picture so I can put it on Pinterest to show everybody how, no. Now, if I like drawing pictures, it's fun. I'm not particularly great at it. But my journal is the place where I don't have to spell right. I don't have to write legibly. I don't have to worry about someone else looking at it. It's just me and God. And it's our space where I write things down so I don't forget. And it's oftentimes really encouraging to go back and read things that are so germane to your situation, your moment. And... Um, I don't know that I could find the page now. I was looking through this this morning, and I found an entry from, from May. And so this is how I journal. It's all over the map, right? I do all kinds of things in my journal. Sometimes it makes sense to me. Sometimes it doesn't. But I just write it down. So I'll be vulnerable and share with you a little, a little, uh, little entry that I have here. I said, Jesus, what's my role at Neighborhood Church? Of course, Andrew, you're the lead pastor. Don't you know what you, you talk, here, talk to us on Sunday mornings? You like, I don't know, you work like a half day a week and then you play golf the rest of the time, right? That's what you do? By the way, that's just, that's not true, but that's what people think. And, and then I just began to write what I believed that the Lord was putting on my heart. So I wrote as if God was writing me a letter in my journal. And I wrote this, you are a shepherd, one who has sought out lost sheep helping to bring healing and restoration to broken. And you have proved that you will leave the 99 and go after the one. You have spent time in the trenches and you've proved that you're willing to get your hands filthy. 
you have been bit by angry, fearful sheep and been witness to wolves and lions prowling and seeking prey around the sheep. And you are not responsible to save those who have chosen to wander off and isolate. But things must shift from your pastoral care to a team of people who will actively care and pastor others. So in May, the Lord was sharing with me, hey, the model's going to change for you, shepherd. Doesn't mean you're not going to care for people. Of course I'm going to. That's just how I'm wired. But it says you need to multiply yourself, Andrew. You can't be the only one who's going to the hospital when people get sick or standing by someone's bedside when they're dying or counseling others, giving advice. And so, based on this word and other things that we're praying through as a board, we're going to really go after our life group structure this fall and launch a whole bunch of life groups. And we'll be looking to mobilize a whole lot of people like you to help lead those. Why? Because we need a multiplicity of pastoring. And you don't have to go to Bible school to care for people well. So journaling can be an aha moment. After I wrote that, I read it and I went, whoa, I think that's significant. In the moment, I was just writing. Now, let me just clarify something that you might be thinking. There, you know, the enemy likes to rip off anything that God has and counterfeit it. So there's something called automatic writing. The idea that you'd sit down and then like somehow, like some spirit was going to help you write something magically. Your hand is going to start moving. It's like almost like a Ouija board moving by itself kind of thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about connecting with the God of the universe, the Holy Spirit that lives inside you, and he's beginning to share his heart with you, and you write it down. Now, after you write it down, after I write it down, I still look at it and go, okay, is this true? Does this line up with the scriptures? Does this have a condemning tone? Because it's not God if it's got a condemning tone. Is it selfish? Is it telling me I need to go charge a bunch of, you know, new cars on my credit card so I could drive a Porsche? No. Is it leading me to love others more and find a way to leverage my gifts for the kingdom? Yeah. Well, then you think, well, but if it, what if it's your idea? Well, what if it is my idea? That's where you begin to look for confirmation of what God's going to say because he's a repeating God. So where do I find this in the scriptures? Because, you know, we got to make this legal. If we're going to talk about it, we got to find a place in the scriptures, lots of places we can go to. But I want to take you to the little book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament, this minor prophet. And Habakkuk 2 verses 1 through 3, I'm going to read these verses and then we'll unpack them briefly and we'll talk a little bit about what this might look like in your life and how you might try a new kind of journaling that I'm going to introduce to you this morning. Habakkuk 2 verse 1, I will stand at my watch and I will station myself on the ramparts. Okay, ramparts, um, city walls, right? The place where you would look to see, is danger coming? Is a messenger coming? Is uh, more food coming? Are traders coming? Uh, not traders like they're going to betray you, but like they're going to trade things with you, right? I will stand and station myself on the ramparts. I'm going to stand still and watch. I'm, I'm going to be one who watches, 
And I will look to see what he, God, will say to me. Here it is, right? I was telling you earlier about the looking and the hearing at the same time. Bam. Thanks, Habakkuk. That was really nice of you. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint, which was the context of what was going on. God, what are you going to say about these things? Verse 2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald might run with it, so that you can get the word out. Verse 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. There's timing. There's divine timing that's oftentimes not ours. And we must wait for God's timing. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. God is not slow in keeping his promises. His timing is perfect. But a lot of times we feel like he's slow because we want things right now. Well, you don't, but I'm the only, only anxious one in the room that really wants it right now. But I'm going to be more like you. Okay, so some takeaways here. First of all, take your place. What does your place look like? What does it look like for you to stand and watch? Sometime this fall, we will get to one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. It's in Colossians, Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. When you're watchful, you're looking to see where God is moving so you can, you can join him in the work so you can pray into what he's doing. Whenever he's working, you join him in that work, you will be doing his will. So being watchful means you're, you're watching to see, God, where is it that you're moving or what are the needs so that I could pray about those things? And then even as I pray, God, what are you doing? I want to watch to see how you're answering this in the moment. Why? Because when I see you moving, I'm going to thank you right away. God, thank you. Thank you that you did that. We, we just asked for the completion of that, right? So if you ever pray for someone in he, for healing, and they say, well, it's like 50% better, but my shoulder still hurts, you go, okay, great, let's pray again. And oftentimes, what you'll see if you're persevering in prayer, you'll actually see it improve and improve and improve. Why doesn't God just do it the first time? Because he loves us to wait for him and trust him that he's the one that's doing it. Even if we're praying, we're not doing anything but taking them to the Father, the one who heals, right? So taking your place and being watchful. This is just, it's such an important posture for us as Jesus followers. Watching to see where needs are and watching to see what God's doing. That's the first two. Third takeaway is believing God that wants to speak to you. It's not just super Christians that are super holy that hear God and somehow you're really messed up beyond everybody else. No, not true. That, some of you have been already hearing that lie during this series, and I wanted to bring that up. God will speak to any of us who will listen. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he'll give it generously. He's gonna, he wants to communicate with you. He wants to communicate more with you than you want to hear his voice. So believe God wants to speak to you. And we talked about purity, and I want to just highlight this again. A pure heart motivation is so important. Saying, God, I I want to do your will. I want to do what you want me to do. And so will you speak to me? Fifth takeaway is write it down. I don't know about you, but there's something about writing things down that helps me remember, and it seals it to my heart. Sixth, 
Be ready to move in appropriate application. You, you see this even in this verse that a herald might run with it. Like, I'm ready to go. As soon as I get the message, you know, it's like I'm in the blocks and I'll do God whatever you want me to do. I'm just waiting to hear you before I move out without you. I don't want to move out without him. And then seven, preserve his words for the days to come. Some of my friends are so much better at this than I am, and that is stewarding the words that God gives. Some people are really good with their phones, right? And they've got like a bazillion notes on their phone, and you can search it out. If you're like, oh, there was a word about a fire hose, and you can just type in fire hose, and then all of a sudden it pops up, and you can see it. Great. If you're that techie, you go for it. I'm kind of like I pick up the pen and I write it in the paper and then I've got to leaf through and I got to find it. But you know, there's something beautiful about leafing through to find it because God will show you other things while you're leafing through. So whatever your way of stewarding the word, holding on to it. Like for me, I got a word about this season and the key to breakthrough is about intercessory prayer and all power comes from there. And you think, well, duh, Andrew, what do you have to have a word for that? It was a, one of those timely words, something that sounds very general to you. The way that it came through and the way that I received it into my heart, I knew that it was a powerful word for me. So it doesn't have to be flowery or magical. It's just powerful to me. So I have it on a sticky on my desk among all the other stickies and I see it and it reminds me, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's about that. In this season, it's about that. I can't forget that, right? So however you steward it, it may be ultra organized and God bless you. I'm not like you, but I want to do things to remind me of what God's saying in this season. Also, number eight, the words you receive might be for a later time. This whole idea of lingering and waiting for it. Oftentimes the Lord will tell you something for the future and you think it's for now. And then you're like, why didn't that happen? And the Lord's like, just wait for it, wait for it. And sometimes that we'll get a word for me like 18 months or two years ahead of time. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. So what do I do? I'm just going to write it down, I guess. Maybe I'll share it with a friend and I'll watch. Lord, I feel like you said this. Is this time? Is this the thing? Or is there someone else? And just sitting with the Lord and having that stewarded for a later time. And just a reminder, God's timing is perfect. Even if you feel like he's slow, his timing's perfect. We'll talk a little bit next week about what happens if you feel like you completely missed God and you thought you heard God, and then we'll talk about that next week. So put a pin in that. And then lastly, pray into what you feel like you've received. Look for confirmation. Say, Lord, this is where this is. And Share it with someone who is trustworthy and who you, you feel like you can process with. It's so important to have mature Jesus followers in your life that will help you hear God and give you some feedback and help you grow in this. Um, some of you, this is just so frighteningly different for you. You're like, but I don't want to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. It's totally okay. But, but I'll feel foolish. I get it wrong. My friends get it wrong. But oftentimes we get it right. And we hold everything loosely. And we're kind to each other. 
And then God does ridiculous things. Like every time you turn around, you see a commercial with that concept, you read a verse like that, your friends are talking about it, all of a sudden you go on Facebook, somebody's giving a testimony about it, you're like, okay God, I get it, I get it, I get it. Anybody ever been there before? You're like, okay God, I get it, right? He will keep repeating himself. So this idea of journaling and hearing God's voice. So I've been praying about this this week. Like, Lord, what is it that you want to say about this? Because the way I do this might not be the way that everybody else needs to do this. And, and Lord, can you show me a new way of journaling that would help our church, our body, our people? And you know what? It's amazing when the, you just ask the Lord questions. That's oftentimes what prompts then you hearing from him and something coming up. So I couldn't find the book that I wanted to read about this topic, of course. And I said, Lord, I'm just really kicked. Why can't I find this book? I know it's here in my office, and my office is a mess right now. He says, Lord, Andrew, you don't need to read the book. No, but I need to, I need to prepare for this, and I got a lot going on. And he's like, you don't need that. You just need to sit with me because I'm going to show you. Okay. But that feels really intimidating and a little bit weird. And I want it to be really fast. And the Lord just pats me on the head. and like, oh, you can just see. He's, he loves me so much. But he's just like, dude, just take it down 10 notches. And then I felt like I heard, just do a Google search. That can't be the Lord. Would the Lord ever ask you to do a Google search? He'll ask you to do a whole bunch of crazy things. Why? Because he's trying to teach you how to hear his voice. So, so I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just going to do it just so that I will assuage my interest. So I go through the first few things. Oh, that's kind of good. Just dump it into a little word file. There we go. And then I landed on this one blog post from a discipleship pastor in Southern California. And I thought, oh, this is pretty good. And then I saw this link to this journaling concept. And I thought, huh. Clicked on the link, and it popped up, and I knew immediately. The Lord said, this is what you're looking for. Okay, I guess I'll download it and look at it. And it's this simple concept that I'll show you in just a minute. But before that, I want you to hear from someone else who loves to journal even more than me. So Kenza, come on up. Kenza Reginelli is here. And um, I know she's spoken to our junior high and our high school quite a few times about journaling, and uh, it's a passion. It's something that has been going on for a while, so come on up, Kenza. She's brought one of her journals with her. I think you probably have enough journals to, I don't know, fill up a whole library or something like that. So Kenza, tell us, how did you get into this journaling thing? Because you told me the story the other day. How, how did this start? Um, so when I was little in my old church, we didn't have a Sunday school. So my mom gave me a composition notebook and some crayons, and I started journaling through all the sermons that my grandfather would give us. So, and so you would draw pictures, right? Yeah, I'd draw, I would draw little doodles because I couldn't spell, so... Sure, yeah. sure. And so this became something that you started doing at church, and then you started doing it at home, right? Yeah. Every morning, my, I was blessed to have a homeschool mom who taught me Bible every single morning. And so I would sit there with my, my journal, and I'd take notes on what she was telling me and draw pictures of whatever we were talking about. And then eventually, I just picked up a journal on my own. I was like, I'm going to talk to you now, God. And that's how it started. 
Now, how does it work for you as far as, has this helped you hear God's voice? Or how has that worked? Because everybody journals differently. You may journal differently than me. And so, what, how does that work for you? Does it tie to hearing God's voice or not as much? Is it more processing your own stuff? It's a lot of all of it. Yeah. Um, I'll sit there with God and ask like a thousand questions and he'll answer maybe one because I ask too much. <laughs> well, not really, but kind of. And I'll, I'll write down what he says. Like I have promises that he's told me from years ago that I'll go back and read. And I'm like, oh, that was true then. And it's true now because you don't change. And then I'll like also process through like uh, difficult things in my life or problems or things I need to teach on later on. I'll, I'll work through it first before I teach on it. Wow. So for you, this is a place to process. It's a safe place. I assume you don't let other people read your journals. It's just between you and God, right? Um, what's one thing that you shared with the high school and junior high about journaling that you would want to share with those of us who are not in junior high and high school? I put, your, put her on the spot. I didn't tell her I was going to ask that question. Uh, a curveball. Um... It doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have to be spelt right. Like, I'm dyslexic. I, nothing is spelt correctly in here. But God doesn't care. It's just your heart being, like, poured out and laying all your, your burdens, everything that you've been struggling through, just at the feet of Jesus and surrendering it to him and not having to carry it around. Like, the best part about this, like I told this to the junior hires, that when I'm done, I can put this down and walk away. And I don't have to carry all that with me all day. Mm, good deal. Anything else you want to share? Um, oh, right. <laughs> um, when I was teaching the junior hires, this, I gave them a way to start. So I gave them an app, which is an acronym, A-P-P. So ask, pause, praise. Um, First, you ask. So I'll just write down everything that's going on. I'll just, whatever's on my mind, brain dump it, give it to the Lord. And then I'll pause and I'll pray and I'll ask God, like, what do you want to say about this or just say to me in general? And I'll write down what he says. Um, and sometimes we have banter back and forth, um, occasionally arguments. It happens. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when I'm done, I will write down a praise. I will start saying what I'm thankful for, whether it's the breath in my lungs or the sandwich I ate for lunch, whatever it is. Like everything is for God's glory. Everything we do, everything should be pointing back to God. So I write that down. Great. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Kenza. Great job. So... In the midst of preparing, I ran across this methodology that was via Google. Now, just to share a couple quick uh, purposes, reasons for doing this, and you heard some of these from Kenza. First of all, it's to encounter God. It's, it's, that's just the primary purpose for journaling. We want to connect with our, with our Creator. Secondly, we want to remember, we want to retain, we want to steward the revelation that we've received from God. And for me, if I write it down, then not only will I have it to look back on, but I'll remember it better. Third, it helps you as you're praying for others. And so, um, 
For me, my, my journal is often also my prayer list where I'll, I'll write things down and, and even the Lord might show something to me about someone and I'll write it down in my journal and then I can send it to him on a text or whatever later. Uh, fourth, it documents instructions or guidelines that God gives you. Uh, my journal entry about raising up leaders is, is one of those things. It's reminding me this is something that God showed you to do, Andrew. You need to follow through. Fifth, to provide a space and a place to reflect and evaluate your life. Kenza talked about just getting it all out. And there is something so powerful about that. Um, so how does this help you hear God's voice? If you love lists, man, this is your day. You, you're welcome. Um, it helps you de-stress and detoxify. There's just something about getting it off your chest. This is healthy, healthy venting. By the way, Facebook isn't really the best place to do healthy venting. Just venting here, you know, and then, you know, it's, a blah, it's like, man, get a friend, find a friend, call someone, phone a friend, please do something, right? This is a healthy way to get it all out. Second, it gets the thoughts out of your head and into your words. And I don't know about you, but like, I can't carry that much stuff around in my head. I get overwhelmed. You write it down. Third, it helps you let go of the thoughts that distract you. If you want to, if you just keep thinking about the things you have to get at the grocery store while you're trying to spend time with God, flip over a page, just start making your list, and then it's out of your mind, right? That's how practical this is, guys, because we all get distracted. Writing slows down your thoughts. This is why also writing instead of typing, and you know, you want to be a digital, type it all in, you go for it. But for me, writing, there's just something about it. It slows down my thinking, and that makes me more available to hear God's voice. Fifth, writing helps you organize and prioritize your thoughts. If the Lord's going to give you some direction or some um, marching orders, well, you've got a place to put those down. And then lastly, I think about journaling as like a free write. If you ever had English and an English teacher like, it's a free write. You can write about whatever you, whatever you want. It's a little bit like that in journaling. You just write what comes into your mind. It's a spontaneous flow of thinking. And my, then my thinking, my hope is my thinking is going to match up with the thoughts of God. So oftentimes I end with a question, God, what do you want to say about this? And I just Wait. In the midst of clicking on the right thing this week, I found a book. It's called The Joyful Journey. It's written by four different authors. Um, and I thought to myself, this looks like a good book, but Amazon can't get it to me until Monday, and that's going to be too late. So I downloaded the, the digital version, and I sat there, and I read the whole book the other day. It's a very small book. Don't be that impressed. I'm a very slow reader. And um, what this book does is it goes through this process of journaling. They call it Emmanuel journaling. Uh, Emmanuel is that name for God that we see in the Bible, that he is God with us, and that God is always with you. And because he's always with you now, and he's always been with you, as you're journaling, he can show you what his thoughts are, what his feelings are, what his views are, right? And so this is the book. If you want to take, you want to grab it, you can grab it either Kindle-wise or, you know, just order the book. Um, this gives you the basic flow of how to do this journaling technique, if you will. Uh, technique's probably even too big of a term. 
Three steps. The first is interactive gratitude. And you might say, Andrew, what's interactive gratitude? And I'd say, I'm really glad you asked. It's simply saying, God, I'm thankful for the air in my lungs. Kenzo was giving you a little punch list, right? What are you thankful for today? And then you, you wait and you listen to hear what God's response to your thanksgiving is. This is where it gets a little bit different. So God might say, wow, I'm so glad you noticed that I put that check in the mail for you. I've always seen that you had this issue with this finance and I'm here for you and I will provide for you and I will protect you and I love you. That might be the words that you receive for yourself. And so you write those things down. Interactive gratitude puts you in a place of just encountering the presence of God and just allowing him to listen to you. So that's the first step. The second step is what these guys call thought rhyming with God. This is the idea that what you're writing down and what I was even sharing from my journal is what I think God was saying to me. Now, was it all God? I'm not sure. But I believe it's rhyming with his word and rhyming with his nature and rhyming with the things that are true about him. Therefore, I can feel confident. Does that make sense? This idea of rhyming. Um, it, it, it jumps off of a verse that says uh, we are uh, it's Ephesians 2.10. We are Christ's workmanship, um, created for Christ Jesus for good works. Um, and that word workmanship is poema. It's like poem. And because we're God's poem, then the idea of as we get our heart aligned with him, we begin to rhyme with him. So that's the idea of thought rhyming. I'm going to explain kind of what this looks like here in a minute, a few of the steps. Um, and then... Their thought is, then you go back and you read it. You read it aloud, or if you have a trusted friend or a mentor or someone, you read it out loud to someone else. That sounds a little more dicey to me. But if you have that trusted friend, it's a beautiful thing. Now, this process, if you read the book Joyful Journey, what you'll learn is God does a ton of healing for people as they're doing this journaling exercise. Let me show you the steps. I just kind of put the steps on a... Um, on a slide, I also have um, some copies uh, of a blank form to try this if you want. So they're um, in the aisles on those, those little black belly-up tables covered up. It's also on our website if you go to Pastor Andrew's reading list. The PDF's right there. You can download it, and then away you go. Um, so this, this goes through the steps of um, kind of how this works. So interactive gratitude, writing down what you're what you appreciate, and then you're writing down God's response. The second one is, I can see you. And you're writing down what God sees in you right now. So it might be, Andrew, I see that you're standing on that stage. And you're feeling this way, and your shoulders are tense, or, or whatever, whatever the posture that you're in. I see you in your situation. And so you're writing, what, what does God see in your situation right now? And then the, the next section is, I can hear you. Write what God hears you saying to yourself. What's that internal conversation that God's hearing? I, I hear you questioning yourself, whether you're good enough, whether you're strong enough, whether you're smart enough, whether you're fast enough. And those are messages of shame, Andrew. That's what I hear in you, let's say. Just an example, right? Um, 
The next one is, I understand how big this is for you. And you write what God sees in the midst of this situation, what you're really facing right now. What is God saying to you about that situation that you're walking through? Next, I am glad to be with you and treat your weakness tenderly. And this is, um, I want to read this to you. This is looking at how God expresses his desire to participate with you in your life. Um, it might be something like, your dreams are precious to me. I feel, fill you with life each day and really enjoy your desire to blank. Or, I see your discouragement after yelling again. Times when you're frustrated and tired and when I want to be closer to you. And then this last step, number six, is I can do something about what you're going through. And you begin to journal from the standpoint of what does God want to do for me in this situation? It might be, come away with me and I'll offer you times of refreshing and rest and new energy and vision. Or I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you, you um, I'm going to give you peace. Remember how your friend encouraged you last week with, now with me, you're not alone. I'm with you. And so those things that, what is God providing for you in the midst of that? And then step seven is just sharing that. So, so I read this book, was really encouraged, um, was like, yeah, this is amazing. I think I heard a friend talk about this one time. And so I happened to reach out to that friend. I said, hey, I, I'm, I read this book and I'm so encouraged. And um, she said, you know what? I did this journaling today. I'll send you my journal using this so that you can see a real life example. So wait a second. So the Lord took me to Google to find a thing that I clicked on, and then I called my friends, and it's exactly the same thing after I read the book. You kidding me? It didn't hurt, by the way. It just made a big sound. So I have glasses here somewhere. Oh, they're in my pocket. That's a great place for them. So I'm gonna, she gave me permission to read just a couple lines from this. Um, thank you, Abba, for your great love for us. I thank you that, the, and she's thanking for specific things that I'll leave out. Um, I, I thank you for your tender mercies and your loving kindness. God, really, I'm so at loss. I'm angry. I'm confused. I'm sad. I'm feeling like you betrayed me. Have you ever read the Psalms before? This is how David sounds, right? Like, Thank you, Lord, for, the, for what you did here, but every, I fall down and you pick me up again. Pick up this brother of mine. He's so sad. God, we need you, right? So it's, there's, this, there's this sense of it's like kind of between prayer and, and just saying, I, I feel thankful, but then there's all these questions like, why did this happen? What, what caused me to, why didn't I follow through on this? Why, what stops me from reaching out? I'm so angry. What do you have to say to me, Lord? Please speak. You ever feel like this? Like, Lord, I need some help here. Here's what this person journaled. 
I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you. I will always draw you. I will always draw you. I'm faithful and true. I love to comfort you when the waters get too rough for you. I hold you, dear one, and I hear your pain. This all seems like betrayal and it's loss. But know that my resurrection life will always win the day for those in me. That's a pretty big departure from where she was to where the Lord is already taking her. Why? Because you can hear the sound of God's voice changes slightly, right? This is not presumption. This is messy heart cry with God, right? I do see you, child, typing in your living room waiting for dinner. That's what we were talking. Remember that step, right? He sees you right where you are. Now, only, only waiting to hear from me. Once you get yourself to stop and listen, isn't it always the place to be, dear one? Yes, your voice brings grace. And this is her response to him. No condemnation, only peace. In this place, I do feel your comfort, dear Lord. Conversation back and forth. And yet, there's these, but what about this God? And this, there's this specific section, I can't get into the details, but... Where she's saying, but, but this person said this, and I thought it was from you, God. He said, well, what about those two other things that those other two people said? Were those not from me as well? And they were different. This is the waiting and the looking for confirmation, right? And this is even, for my friend, a bit of correction saying, let me give you some perspective on what I'm doing. This is a beautiful gift that I got a chance to, to look at this and read this. And like the Psalms, there is a sense, as you read the Psalms, that David and the psalmists are just so worked up. They're like, lay my enemies, get their heads beat on rocks, and you know, it's like, whoa, this is a little serious, but it's all the hard emotion of what David's going through. And then by the end of the Psalm, you see him calming down and saying, but God, you're still good. And you're going to hold me and you're going to protect me. And there's a sense of, of like renewed hope and restoration. This is what this process does as you walk through with Jesus and you get it out and then allow him to speak to you. Now, some of you are like, yeah, I can't do that. That's like way too hard. And I don't know that I've ever heard God's voice before. What if I'm making it up? Well, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I want to challenge you, whether you go to the website and download the PDF and try this, or you grab one in the, in the aisles to, to leave today. Try this once. You, you're going to have to spend a few minutes doing it. It's not, this is not a five-minute exercise. This is probably a longer exercise. But especially if you've got something you're really wrestling through, I really believe that the Lord will meet you. Now, whether you do this, this concept or not, this would sure be a good Father's Day gift. Not for me, because I already have one, but for someone that you know. And hey, you men, we're probably, we probably struggle with this the most. It feels like the women do a bit, much better job writing out what they think. But this is so helpful for us to begin to name our emotions and help us to communicate better because we've processed with our journal. So I want to encourage you and challenge you that if you don't have a journal, this just sits in my backpack, and I take it out, and 
if I'm sitting waiting for my car to get done or waiting for my daughter to get finished hitting a bucket of balls, I've got it right there. I can jot a few things down and just spend some quiet time. And this has all sorts of things in it, quotes and different things that, you know, I just don't, I don't use it just to hear God's voice. But I think this is a really good skill for us to learn. So, um, as we close, you can stand if you'd like. I'd love to pray for you. Prayer folks, if you come forward. I've been reading this book called The Unseen Realm. And um, anybody read this book before? Besides Dave Duncan? Yep. So, um, this, this, I'm, I'm talking to you nerdy people or people who think you might want to become nerdy. Um, this, this goes to the biblical words in the Hebrew and the Greek um, that talk about what are those spiritual entities that are behind the scenes. And uh, it begins to help you create a spiritual worldview. So if you're interested in reading this book, you can download it or, or order it on Amazon or whatever. And uh, I will be doing some gatherings later this summer and just gather folks that want to talk about it. We'll do a little book club kind of thing. So um, it, it is uh, not a tremendously difficult read, but it, it will bend your paradigm a little bit, um, but it is all orthodox, all, it all fits with what we believe, but it begins to help us understand what is it that those biblical, those people who are receiving the Bible, what do they think, and what was their worldview, and this brings that out. So, Michael Heiser is the author, um, so come and read with me. It'll be great. Lord, uh, you know what we need, and you know that there is something about sitting with you that is so powerful. You can make changes in our life that we can't even see. So come very near to us, and I pray that you'd give us, by your Holy Spirit, more discipline to sit down and just spend time with you journaling, receiving, writing, and thinking about the things that are true. Thank you, Lord, for those who will try this method. I pray that you would bring incredible healing to my friends as they go through this, just as you have for others. And Lord, um, thank you for teaching us how to hear your voice. Thank you for being so tender and kind with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming, everybody. I'm going to wear a tie next week. It should be very fun for Father's Day, and we'll see you then.